Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. I hope you enjoy Thomas Renz. What a great attorney who's been working on this whole vaccine stuff and, and you know, this make-believe pandemic in our opinion, by the way. Some people don't agree with us, but we, we think it's all made up. And uh, But uh, he was on this morning, and we'll be streaming his show, the video, ongoing for the next couple of days. Really smart guy. And, man, he's got his small firm in Ohio and doing it all in donations, and he's got more lawsuits than you know what to do with trying to get take these people to task and try to find out what the truth of this, whatever this thing is. So uh, we hope you enjoyed that. And now we have another uh, interesting fellow for you. Spoke with him for a few minutes off the air. I think you're going to really like him, a former Navy SEAL. And uh, he's really interested in the whole idea of physical, mental, and emotional stresses and what they do, could do to us, and how we could possibly carry them around. We've done a lot of this uh, kind of uh, introspection into German New Medicine. And he had some things going on that we'll talk to him with as a child. And he's taught himself how to free any energy or stresses. He was a Navy SEAL. so And he studied um, traditional Chinese medicine uh, at Pacific College at Oriental Medicine. Been a student of the uh, Universal Healing Tao System, T-A-O, Tao System. And a student of Master Montak Chia. Uh, and uh, I've got some of his books out of Thailand and Chiang Mai. Interesting fellow, and he teaches people how to get their act together. So I should probably just come and see you sometime, and maybe you could help me out, but it would probably cost me too much money if I have to get my act together. So. <laughs> Good. Uh, what time is it there? Uh, About, what, 6, 7 o'clock in Romania? Eight right now it is 8.08. 8.08. Well, good evening. 8.08 p.m. Good evening to Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What, uh, Thank you. What are you doing in Romania? In Romania, I am teaching an international group from South America, the United States, and all over Europe and Russia, hmm. uh, how to de-stress and de-tense and de-distort other people, right? The, they themselves have to go through the work because I have a very uh, clear message. I'm not interested in messengers. I'm interested in people who, who want to be the message. Yes. Sir. Right? Because when you are the message, you don't have to preach. Because people can feel it. People can see it. People yeah. can taste it. People are inspired by you, by you simply being you. And we spend 14 hours a day removing tension and stress and distortion from their emotions, from their emotional body, from the physical body from their energetic spiritual body and from their physical instinctual body. Good for you. Boy, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. Wow. Like these people are so happy. Yeah. And isn't it isn't it cool that you have discovered early on, I don't know how early on that that you know real spirituality or spiritual growth has to be caught and not taught. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you yeah. you get that. I can tell just by yeah. your by your opening. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been fortunate. I mean, I've had some good teachers like uh Master Chia, Montak Chia. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he gave me some great education and really tuned me in on on how to open people up from the midsection. 
And then I went through the darkroom experience. What's that? With him, the darkroom experience is a 28-day process Mm -hmm. that he does every four years. And you're in complete and total darkness. So not one photon of light touches your skin for 28 days. And not only are you in complete darkness, (laughs) but you're actually wearing an eye mask and your your eyes are closed the entire time. So to say the least, you can't see anything. Wow. And then what happens is these different systems start to turn on. And I remember like day four at a corner of my eyes, like these two little flashlights went click. And then I could see whatever was in front of me, even though I was in complete darkness. See, in the physical or in another reality? It, well, the two things. Okay. One, in the physical, um, and then in other realities. And that kicked in at about like day maybe four or five. Yes, sir. So, so what happens is this. This is the process. Hmm. When you're in complete darkness, your body produces a massive amount of melatonin and when you reach your maximal saturation point of melatonin your body releases pinoline which is a neurotransmitter that comes from your pineal gland when your body reaches its maximal saturation of uh, pinoline your body then starts to release om5e om5e yeah, which is the first of two spiritual molecules, and then DMT, DMT, dimethyltryptophate. Yeah, and this is an endogenous experience, not this other whatever other people are doing, going down to the jungle and taking ayahuasca, three bar, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. this was twenty-eight days straight. And what were you ingesting physically? Physically. I had three meals a day plus a snack. Okay. And he has an entire crew that comes in (laughs) and they come to your room, they knock on your door and they serve you a tray of food. And it's, um, he has everything well thought out and he teaches you how to chew your food down to like a soup like substance. Wow. And then how to add, um, how to add, um, this stuff he calls the golden elixir yes. so your saliva yes sir and you blend that into the food and then you swallow and you start to get massive and mass massive amounts of of energy wow. my first three days wow. you i was recovering from all the sleep i missed the first 38 years of my life <laughs> and then after that you know i was sleeping maybe an hour or two a day for the next like 25 days Oh, in the dark. You would only yeah. you would only physically yeah. what we call sleep about two, yeah. two couple hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple hours a day. Maybe some nights I had three hours, but it was typically between like an hour yeah. or two. And you would just find your way to the to the bathroom to go to the bathroom and that, yeah, that was yeah. it. Inside this inside this building that he has, there's a bunch of like two bedroom, one bedroom and three bedroom apartments. Yeah. So you have a roommate, you, sh- you share a bathroom, and then you have a little common area. And then you go down to what he calls like the, the meditation section, which is downstairs. What was very interesting in all that time when I was in the dark room, there were 60 other people in there from all over the world. I never bumped into one person. You didn't. 
you just kind of no, in, I mean, intuitively yeah. knew where they were kind of thing. yeah you intuitively know right like your your senses get so heightened wow yeah i mean it was a very fascinating experience and when I was suggest this? for every yeah. single human when was this, this? was 2007 2007 so february 2007 the march 2007 yeah. you know I, I wonder about that sometimes you can see it happen in the airport or stores everybody knows where everybody's going you ever notice yeah. that it, it's just yeah. you, you just kind of know and every yeah. now and then you yeah. you go out to lunch and then you maybe run into somebody and then they'll say oh sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah it's almost like we well as soul we know where everybody is right right yeah yeah so and we have huge org fields and sure. what i mean by that is uh, a human has 13 layers of, of self and and 10 of them are outside of your body and they have varying layers of density to them okay so your aura and your nervous system is always communicating with everyone that's within your sphere of influence physically and energetically energetically so you're absolutely correct yeah so so boy i have a lot to talk about you can just stay all night um because this <laughs> this is great i mean i'm really fascinated so I, I let's go back to the time when you just um you would i would suspect you had done meditation before and mm -hmm. contemplation and yeah. and mess with it so what was different how did you i guess the big question is is how did you approach thoughts feelings um images during that 25 days what what did you come to learn the uh the um reality or non-reality of thoughts yeah what i came to learn is um is that everything is made up of energy and everything that's made up of this energy has a particular color to it mm -hmm. and those colors have a different type of consciousness to them mm. so when we were in week four we did this meditation called sealing the five senses three or four times a day and you go around and you tap on your organs hmm. well when i tapped on my organs i could see the bright color that was in each organ interesting and it was funny because um i tapped on accidentally a little bit to the right of my chest and we were supposed to be tapping on the heart and i said master chia i don't see red i i i only see white color and he said, you need to tap on the left side of your chest. And as soon as I tapped on the left side of my chest, right above my heart, I could see all this fluorescent red light. Red light. I mean, it was really fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing is, is, that, is that if it was a mental thing, when I tapped on my chest initially, it would have shown up red. But the truth is it showed up white, which was the color of the lungs not the color of the heart. We've actually had people that have been on the show in the past that suggested a lot of the traumas, and we'll get to that, that we do hold from childhood or whatever, um, the war that you, or the Navy SEALs thing, that they actually have a color to them as well, the traumas. Do you think that's true? Yeah, for sure. And the colors range from black to light gray. Mm -hmm. All the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From black to to like great sort of like that did you ever see the movie the green mile i didn't i haven't i oh a long oh, time oh, ago seen that movie. tom hanks okay. tom hanks thing 
Yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks is in that movie. Well, uh, there's a very large African-American male yes, who's been accused of doing something awful, which he didn't do. Right. And when he touches people and he, and he heals them, you see all this dark gray matter coming uh -huh. out of his mouth. And trauma, depending on the quality and the depth of the trauma, has, the, has that range of color to it. Mm. Yeah. So... Big picture. By the way, uh, we are talking with uh, Chris, Christopher Maher. He's in. Uh, that's how you say it, Christopher Maher. It's good. Uh, Christopher Lee Maher. Maher, Maher. Christopher Lee Maher. His book is called uh, "Free for Life." Sounds great. I suspect we can get it in most places. And his website is TrueBodyIntelligence.com. Let me show you. Let me show you the. Uh, thing there so you can read it truebodyintelligence.com Christopher Lee Mayher wow this is fascinating so big picture is your experience that in general say we have this trauma I don't know when we were 20 and it's still kind of uh -huh. stuck in there somewhere around the hip or whatever uh -huh. that we have to may I use the term soul does that work for you is that okay soul yeah yeah soul we, is beautiful it's fine now. we are soul do you, do you think that we have to see this trauma and see what it is look at it and that's the only way or the best way the easiest way to let it go once we see it I mean some people well let's put it this way you have people who are more mental and analytical you have others who are more spiritual and energetic mm -hmm. and then you have another um group that's more emotional and then you have the last group which is more physical and instinctual and so some have to feel it some have to see it some have to think about it some have to be able to perceive it it's different for everyone oh. uh, but the one thing that i know is consistent is if I took any human in the world and I put them on the ground right now and I started working on their body and walking on their body, I would find out really quickly <laughs> that their, their body is at 86% of their maximal saturation point of tension, stress, and toxicity. 86% is filled up with 86%. tension. 86%. Whoa. Yep. Yeah, that's they're, a lot. They're, they're at, yeah, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> and whether they're seven or they're 77, mm -hmm. it's the same, which means that people come in this way. And what I mean by that is that uh, when the egg meets the seeds and the epigenetics start expressing themselves through the DNA, the stress is all, the babies that come out are already coming out stressed. I understand. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's it's their karma, if you will, to come in this. Yeah, and, yeah, no, and, yeah. definitely. And there's different forms of karma. There's sure. there's individual karma. There's familial karma. There's cultural karma, huh. and there's um, there's national uh, trauma, and there's communal trauma. So yeah. um, these traumas lay at different layers within the person's being, within their body, and it's a matter of picking the right system and using the right tool to begin to transmute those lower levels of consciousness, right? Because they're all fear-based. Every single one of them is a fear-based strategy that's doing everything that it can to attempt to protect you from being hurt. 
That's the one thing that people don't understand about trauma. Trauma is doing everything that it can through your brain and all of these irrational fears to attempt to keep you safe so that the thing that you went through, you don't have to go through again. And then your nervous system starts to recognize you as this trauma, and that's when you're in trouble. Okay, let's go back and say that again slowly. So okay. the, the, the nervous system begins to recognize the trauma, which is in the, the body that you could actually see with a color or something like that when you look, right? Um, it, it thinks that that's part of Patrick, but it's really not as soul. That's right. Right, it's, it's, it's part right. of, and then what happens then when that happens, Christopher? So what happens is it keeps running on the same loop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then this person goes out into the world and they have experiences. Challenges, these experiences <laughs> are being perceived while he's or she is in this particular state. And now they're building neural pathways in their brain that reinforce yes. the trauma that they went through. So, and now that they've reinforced it, humans are made up of electromagnetic energy their auric field actually attracts other people into them to continue to activate um, that original trauma set so that they can finally have an experience that they don't like and go hey i think something's wrong Uh i i I Uh think something's off yes sir Hmm. hmm. And I think it actually isn't my roommate. I think the problem is me. Wow. And then when they get to that point, they actually have an opportunity to reach out and ask for help. But until then, they continue to keep circulating through the world, pretending like, like nothing like is happening. Going. And could it be argued or just posited, posited that then when we have these going on that we are kind of spiritually or beautifully inclined to meet people to push our buttons, so to speak, on this trauma. Yes. So we learn. Yes. Right? That's, that's why right. that's yeah, why they show up. Some, that's why yeah. they show up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're there. And <laughs> we use the people that are outside of us yeah. and the situations outside of us so that they will push that unresolved stressor, yeah. that unresolved tension, that unresolved trauma, that unresolved trauma up to the surface so that we can take a look in the mirror and go, oh, I'm actually a willing participant uh, and a co-creator of what this is. And then the question is, once you identify that, how do you get out of it? Could like it be how, sometimes even as simple as just saying, well, now I see that it's not me I created, but I, I don't want it, so I'm done. Let it go. Yeah, I mean, it could be as simple. If Remember I said earlier, there are people who are more physically inclined, yes. other people that are more mentally inclined. Right. For a person who's really mentally inclined, their ability to consciously hmm. recognize what's going on inside of them, and then they can go, hmm, yeah, I don't think that behavior that I have is a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that behavior. There are people that can use their minds to control their lives. Yes, sir. The challenge is, is that the original trauma is still sitting inside of them. So the moment they start focusing on something else, that thing slowly starts rising up again. And then they get to go, oh, I thought I was done with that. 
So you're suggesting, though, if are you suggesting that if we let it go spiritually, but if we let it go spiritually, my experience, you know, I may be wrong, but it's got to be let go in the body because it's all one thing, soul, mind, body. Right? Yeah, so the challenge is, is that the body has very different mechanics than the mind. And so on, on one end, you are absolutely correct, okay? If I could successfully um, create a new belief system. Yes, sir. That was different than the one that I created to survive my circumstances. I would mentally be free. Yeah. Yet physically, it would still be inside of me. How is that possible? The mind and because body- what happens is this. Okay. The the the, the body uh, has stress. The stress manifests as physical tension. Mm-hmm. Okay. In order to get physical tension out of body it requires a force greater than the physical tension that's holding it. So, for instance, if I were holding 2,000 pounds of stress in my bicep, Mm -hmm. I would need at least 2,500 to 3,000 pounds to remove it successfully. I understand. So, I I hear what you're saying. Let's see. So, I'm stretching 2 o'clock in the morning and just really getting into it, and I can actually see, which I've done this, how this is just some mental thing, but no matter what I do mentally and let it go, there's still this energy in the body that needs to be stretched out. That, that, that's right. Is that, that right? Needs to literally, yes. Yeah. It literally needs to be taken out of Take, the soft tissues. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I think you're on to that. Uh, my yeah, experience. Yeah. And there's, yeah. a, there's a specific tool for that, oh. right? And God put it in every single human's body, and it's called an eccentric contraction. I beg your pardon? And what that means is this, <laughs> is for every 100 pounds that you can lift, yeah. you can lower 150 pounds to 200 pounds with the same level of skill. So when I'm lifting, let's say I was doing like a bench press or like a shoulder press, and I could lift 50 pounds, okay? Mm -hmm. I could lower 100 pounds with the same level of skill, but when I was lowering that weight, the muscle would be contracting maximally and lengthening simultaneously. So the muscle will be contracting maximally and lengthening simultaneously. So, well, let's see if I can get the picture. So well, let me see if I hear what you're saying. So, so you're talking about, say, if you have a weight and you're doing this, no, right? That's right. And then say it's 40 pounds, and then you're doing this slowly. With 80. With eight? Oh, with you have 80. to put 80 in there to do it? You have to put 80 in there to do it. Oh. Yes, it's called an eccentric contraction. Wow. So... The body is designed to contract maximally and lengthen simultaneously. And when you do this, you pull out massive amounts of individual, familial, communal, cultural stress, tension, and distortion out of your body. And if you do it over and over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. you eventually end up with a body that's pain-free um fluid instead of stiff warm instead of cold vibrant and energized instead of dull and boring (laughs) from the motion picture (laughs) dull and boring well so so can you do this um 
with uh, yoga? You you could do this at home. Yeah, at home. And you, look, look, here's the thing. For me, I like to give things that people can do on their own. Sure. Because I'm, I'm not into codependent, dependent relationships. <laughs> when I first got into healing and growing and, and integrating, every person I went to see, the only way I could move forward is if they were willing to continue to work on me. Yes, sir. And I thought, this seems like this is too much. Like, <laughs> I'm the type of person, I'm motivated, I have the energy, I want to put in the time. Can someone teach me something that'll give me great value or greater value than the value I get from hiring people to work on me? And I got exactly what I wanted. And then I put all of that to the test. And I did it again and again and again and again, okay? Some days four hours, some days six hours, some days five hours, some days three hours, some days seven hours. And I went into healing like I did the same way I went into SEAL training. Hmm. Like it was around the clock. I lived it and I breathed it all day long. Wow. And the, and the stuff I'm explaining to you are the techniques that I used in order to do it. Can we learn how to do things at home when we get your book, Free for Life? Uh, what you can learn to do at home, Free for Life is, is a story um, about me and my process. Uh, the second chapter is the philosophy, and then the third chapter are really the systems mm -hmm. within it. If you wanted to learn how to do that stuff at home, you'd have to get a little bit of guidance from someone oh, like me. I see. But you, and but you teach yeah. people people how to do this, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely. I've been. Yeah, I teach people how to put themselves back together. And what's the name of the uh, the work that people would look for? The in work their is area? called True Body Intelligence. Oh, True Body Intelligence, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. True huh. body, body intelligence, right? The purpose is to create a truly intelligent body, right? Physically intelligent, mentally intelligent, emotionally intelligent and spiritually, energetically intelligent. Excellent. Uh, and when we, you have an intelligent body, you have a, like a really fabulous life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're talking with uh, Christopher <laughs> Lee Mayer, his truebodyintelligence.com. I suspect people could go there and find practitioners in their area. Well, they wouldn't be able no? to find practitioners in their area, but they would be able to find some classes on there. Okay. Um, some courses, and they would be able to find a course that I teach called uh, the eight stepping stones to inner freedom, which is really a mental, emotional and energetic course. If they want to get into the physical, uh, that's a whole different story. What's the physical so, course? Do you the have one? physical course is in person with me. Oh, I see. Yeah. But you're Somewhere in Romania. Interesting that's a long way from in the world, Spring, right? Like could it. be in Romania, could be in Croatia, could I be see. in Albania, could be in Spain. Could be in France, could be in England. Okay. Uh, can we take a little break here and we'll promote a few yeah, products we that we do? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Boy, that's pretty fun, man. I love this stuff, man. You gotta, you gotta love this fellow, boy. Well, uh, i tell you what we're gonna do. Um, we are going to uh, tell you about a sauna that we do virtually every day of our life. And, you know, what I do isn't important because you're you and I'm me and I'm crazy, so don't do what I do. But I like this sauna. I've been doing it every night for uh, 10 years. And uh, boy, when you sweat, I get rid of a lot of stuff that shouldn't ought to be there. And 
Uh, check this out and uh, we'll continue. Here's physicist, biologist, chemist, Dr. Gerald Pollack on far infrared saunas. Infrared uh, energy is what builds this fourth phase of water. And the idea of a sauna, you know, you go in and you sweat and you, you receive this infrared energy and you feel great after you, uh, after you come out. I felt uh, the same and so have so many people. And most of us think, well, you know, it's just um, some sort of psychological issue and it, 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 it might be. However... Experimentally, we know that infrared energy builds the fourth phase. Your cells should be or should be filled with this fourth phase, but, uh, but you know, we're, we tend to be somewhat dehydrated uh, and missing some of this, this fourth phase. And so what happens is if you subject yourself to infrared, the infrared is absorbed by your body, absorbed by your cells, and it converts ordinary water to fourth phase water and then you feel better how cool is that structuring the water in your body i think it's pretty cool patrick but what do you what do you know oh that's you uh this is a great uh great um um thing to get for yourself uh, we ship them all over the world you know the only places we haven't been able to ship them is germany and i haven't quite figured that out i don't know uh here in merkel to find out what's oh she's not even there anymore Germans are kind of, well, whatever. Anyway, but we ship them all over the world. You'll get the proper plug, the proper voltage, where regardless of where you live, we sell them for $1,295. That's in the lower 48. The lower 48, for those of you in Portland, that, just kidding. I give Portland such a hard time. I'm going to get Portland karma. I know it. If I keep doing that, I'll end up living there. I have to cut that up. Leave them alone. Okay. Anyway, uh, just email me. The only way you get the price is email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. About two years ago, we um, were um, just, by the grace of God, we came in touch with George Weissman. George probably knows more about uh, molecular hydrogen and Brown's gas than anybody that We've come across, George is a very, very good man. And over the years, he figured out a way how to create a little machine that you can then breathe hydrogen gas and also uh, breathe what they call Brown's gas, which is just a little step up from hydrogen. Uh, it's, it's really got a, a highly structured water as uh, Gerald Pollack talks about the fourth phase of water. Anyway, um, a breathing hydrogen gas is like probably you can imagine all of the contraptions and and uh, and potions and pills that people have offered me uh, in the many years that I've been doing talk shows, which is I started in radio over fifty years ago, and uh, you know people have sent me, but I, I you know I think this is one of the the finest technologies I've come across ever. Uh, you can go to the Molecular Hydrogen Institute if studies float your boat. I don't read them, but um, and they have peer-reviewed studies on how mostly in the East, to Thailand, in Japan, China, they're using molecular hydrogen breathing to help folks to kind of, not kind of, but to help folks um, heal from, uh, you know, strokes and things like that. So, after two years, my machine quit, 
George has a lifetime warranty. No problem. Email George. Next thing I know, I'm getting one in the, you know, in FedEx. He says, yeah, just, you know, ship your new one. Just put the old one in the box. Uh, uh, it's all postage paid. Very cool. Send it on. But uh, my FedEx uh, man was having a bad hair day and uh, it went back to George. The only reason I'm telling this story is because after three weeks of not breathing it, I spent the last two days breathing the Browns gas working on my screenplay for about 20 hours. And I woke up this morning feeling like I had some dreaded disease. I'm serious. It was just like amazing, the detoxification, which is pretty cool. I was excited about it. I was like, man, man, this stuff really works. That was right. Three, uh, three weeks without breathing the hydrogen, breathed it for 20 hours, and I woke up feeling like a truck hit me. And, uh, you know, I was fine. About an hour or so, I, I did have a cup of coffee, took an aspirin, and I feel great. But uh, so, you know, when the body gives you a little bit of these detoxification things, you know that something happened. If you like to uh, get the hydrogen, check it out. Use promo code ONE RADIO, promo code ONE RADIO, oneradionetwork.com on George Wiseman's Molecular Hydrogen Browns Gas Machine and uh, just uh, use promo code ONE RADIO and you'll get it for 10% off. It's really, really quite something. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, check it out. Worth, worth looking at for sure. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, we are, I don't think you heard the last part because I didn't have my microphone on. No. Boy, I keep forgetting to do that. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to uh, get the hydrogen machine, sorry, it's just go to OneRadioNetwork.com. OneRadioNetwork.com. I didn't even know if I got the whole commercial on there or not. Every now and then I switch off the microphone, I got a new system and I mess up. Never mind. Christopher Lee Mayher is here, True Body Intelligence. He is in Romania. And, um, the book is called uh, the book is called Free for Life. So, um, can we talk a bit about stretching and trauma and stuff like that? Is there a way sure. that we can use deep stretching neck and really deep? I mean, really get into it to do something close to what you're doing, Christopher. I mean, it, it, what you'd have to be able to do is you'd have to be able to apply force. Force. Uh, yeah, Give us so, an idea. So it's it's counterintuitive. Mean. So, so rather than your hip width apart and then passively bending towards the floor, yes, sir. You would squeeze your legs together as tight as you could. Mm. And then as you started folding towards the floor, you would use your conscious mind to contract, maximally contract all the muscles in the back of your legs. And as you increase the force of that contraction, your body would simply start folding towards the floor because the contracting of the hamstrings in the back actually pulls the front of your body down towards your thighs, the top of your body. So... So you're standing out in the grass and I like to play around in the morning and just bend over and touch my palms on the, you know, just kind of stretch. Mm -hmm. Again, how, how would I do it your way? I would. The way you would do it my way is you'd spread your feet yes, probably sir. three feet apart. Mm -hmm. Okay. You'd make sure your second toe was straight ahead. Mm -hmm. You would put a very slight bend in your knees. Mm -hmm. 
you would squeeze your feet towards each other. And while you were squeezing your feet towards each other, you would your upper body would fold towards the floor. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And the the more intensely you squeeze, the more the muscles in the back would open. But the second you stopped your contraction, they would stop opening. Wow. So when we do a forward bend or something in yoga or mm-hmm. whatever, um, is, is it... It's stretching out the muscles, but there's stuff in there that we're not getting to, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely not getting to that, okay? Mm. Because, look, your your upper body has some weight to it. Yes, sir. And because it has some weight to it, there is a little bit of, of contraction. But what we're talking about is maximal contraction. Maximal. In order to lengthen a muscle fully, you have to contract it maximally. And, again, it's counterintuitive, Okay. I had no idea about this. I've been an athlete my whole life. And then when I finally was told that this is how muscles stretch and then we got into different positions and we did this, I started to have a radical shift in the way that I was seeing myself and the way the world was perceiving me. Hmm. Well, and what I mean by that is, is yeah. this. When I was walking through the airport, and this is post- Navy SEAL life. When I would walk through the airport, people would get out of my way. When I started removing tension and stress from my body, the opposite thing happened. People were bumping into me all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they felt safe, right? Bumping into me, where before they only felt intimidated by me. Mm-hmm. An emailer is. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. you go ahead. That's so right. that, that was a radical life shift for me. Yes, sir. And that experience reinforced my commitment to removing as much tension as I possibly could out of my body, my brain, and my nervous system. And so this is what you've evolved. For how long have you been working on this system? I've been at this for 22 years. Wow. 16 hours a day. Whoa. Was there some, uh, who are your main teachers that taught you? Uh, My main teachers... Uh, I had teachers from um, from the Gosco method. Oh, Gosco, Peter Gosco, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete, uh, the center was quite close to where I lived, mm-hmm. and there I was in a summer camp that he ran. And while I was there, we got introduced to um, people who practice Feldenkrais. Yes, sir. And then I went on and started receiving work from Heller work practitioners and rolfers. And then I shifted into receiving work from acupuncturists Hmm. and people who do acupressure and then emotional release technique. And I was willing to do anything that I could to get out of the hell that I was living in. So if you were one of my buddies and you said, hey, listen, I heard there's this this new lady in town for a few weeks and she's doing this kind of work, I would do everything that I could to get an appointment. Hmm. Um, let's talk about pain. Um, yeah. There's a couple of approaches people can do. I've played around with both of them. It's just fascinating to go into it or as my mom used to do, she would say years ago, uh, Christopher, like, she had seven children. She said, I don't have time to get sick. 
uh, I got too much to do, and she never got sick. So, whatever. And she lived till 90-something. So, I don't know where the pain went, but she just didn't deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. What's the difference between mom's technique or going into the pain? Ah. Hmm. You can always... Well, when I was in the SEAL teams uh, and in SEAL training, we used our minds to override physical discomforts that we were feeling because the truth is we didn't have time to to participate in the discomfort. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, if I have discomfort, I never override it. You go into it? I let my, I go into it. I let hmm. myself feel it and I figure out Where's this really coming from? Yes, sir. And then I do two or three things, and then, boop, it's gone. What are the two things that you do? It depends. It depends on where the pain is, mm-hmm. right? So if the pain were, let's say, in my lateral hamstring, so on the back of your legs, you have three muscles. Mm-hmm. The one on the outside is lateral. The one on the inside is medial, and the one in the middle is central. Mm-hmm. So if I had pain in my lateral hamstring, the first thing I would think about is what's 100, what muscle is 180 degrees away from that muscle? And then I would go in and I would lengthen the balancing group of muscles. And if that didn't work, then I would go towards um, what I call passive engagement, which would be 90 degrees away. Or active, ingre- or active engagement, which would be 90 degrees away in the opposite direction. Hmm. And if those two didn't work, I would go upstairs and go through what's called the completing channel of energy. So you have th- every muscle in your body has three relationships. The first is balancing, the second is opposition, and the third is completion. And once I got through that process, I can pretty much guarantee you, in my body, the discomfort would be gone. Christopher, there's there's many people more and more talking about the idea, well, we've had German New Medicine people and other people, that um, mm-hmm. there's just nothing that we experience physically, I don't care what it is, that is not some kind of a trauma at the beginning or a spiritual sure. issue. Do you think that's yeah. true? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have people who come to see me, and they have um, they're having experience of discomfort or pain or loss um, or some kind of emotional challenge, and I do a little investigation, and sure enough. They find out through the investigation that their mom had the same thing at the same exact age. And I go, well, why don't you ask your mom Hmm. if her mom had this? And sure enough, oh, my God, Christopher, you never believe it. I talked to my mom. She called my grandma. She was a little uncomfortable because she didn't want to talk about it. But she pressed her mom a little bit more. And her mom told her she experienced the same level of trauma when she was 19 years old. And so these 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 stressors, these tensions, these traumas, they come in patterns, right? And the most important thing is to create a successful pattern interrupt. And what does that mean? You're interrupting the cycle of um, of pain 
of distress, of confusion, of anger, of uh, fear, of self-righteousness that continues to keep showing up in your life in the same circumstances, right? Mm. Yes. And so the easiest way to break that pattern is to know where that pattern lives in the human body. And I know where those patterns live. So I go in, I put them in a different position, they push against me, I push against them. Uh, we do some stretching before you know it, that tension is out of their body, the tears flow up to the surface or they start laughing uncontrollably and then they go home. That's Wow. Yeah. John wants to know, can I go through and do the dark exercise at home by myself? Yeah, you can. It's a really great question. So for me, what I did is I went a year before um, to a fabric store and I found I found dark out material mm -hmm. and Velcro and I sealed up all of my windows in my bedroom. So there was absolutely no light coming to my bedroom. And at the time I was dealing with um, insomnia issues. And within a few weeks, all my insomnia issues were solved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I was sleeping in complete darkness and my body went down deep every single night. And, you know, that started to help me heal. When you did the 25 days of darkness, mm -hmm. can you tell us about any of the what is called out of body or other realities as you as you experienced i'm yeah. sure there was yeah it has to be a lot when, when you did that i mean there was there there, there was tons uh, i walked through a door uh, master she took us through this meditation called uh, walking through the door of all wonder yes sir and um i walked through the door and i reached around my right hand and i opened the door and i walked into this living room and i looked to my left and there was a family eating dinner and i was like I don't think I should be here. <laughs> and I saw another door and I opened that door. And, and that went on for a few minutes. And then when I opened up the last door and I stepped out, I stepped out just beyond the edge of earth. And when I looked back over my shoulder, I could see planet earth. It was amazing. When you like could a really, really amazing. What experience. do you mean you could see planet? What did it look like? It looked like it looks like uh, from the pictures they take from the uh that the astronauts take when they're in space mm -hmm. it looks exactly like that mm -hmm. and then i met up with a um i get to call the keeper of the zodiac and they wanted to show me how a soul falls to earth and going through that whole process and and i stayed with with that being for three days straight do you and they showed me so much uh, do you remember of, his name did he have a name uh, did he have a name? I don't remember. You don't so how soul goes no. through the twelve, or the twelve zodiac signs over lifetimes thing? Yeah, the thirteen houses. Thirteen houses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the thirteen houses, and the missing zodiac would be the serpent. Oh, there's a missing zo missing zodiac. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he showed me how s certain stars have to come into alignment in order for a soul to go through the process of falling into earth down into the earth realm and it was it was amazing pretty trippy huh? and then yeah. oh i mean it was it was a total trip 
And you got to remember, I'm somebody who was raised in, you know, outside of Philadelphia in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I grew up on a dairy farm and I went to a boarding school. And so for me, things always had to be very concrete. I was always open-minded, but I was also into proofs and facts. And so when I was seeing and feeling things like that, uh, I would initially feel a little bit of fear of like, whoa, this is beyond my capacity of what I've ever experienced before. So I don't really know what's going on in this situation. I would just slow my breath down, get back into a state of peace and calm. And then the next interesting thing would happen. And then I got an opportunity to hang out with Akabi, who is the keeper of the Akashic Records. Akab what's his name? Akabi. Akabi. Yeah. And it was this red energetic orb. And I had this interesting roommate from Germany, and I was sharing with him that there's always this red orb follow, following me around. He said, well, invite it into your third eye. And I said, really? And I invited it into my third eye. And as soon as I did, he started to show me um, images from my future, started to show me images from my past. And that was a fascinating experience. And and then I traveled across the universe to the field of souls. And that was even more interesting. Field of souls. So, where, where was that? Do you know what plane or what exit reality? Uh, the field of souls. It, it was a very long journey, let's say that. Mm -hmm. And when I came into the field of souls, it was like, do you remember those old lava lamps? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It looked like a field of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was amazing. Did you see the the light or sound of God? Uh, the light or sound of God. This was more tactile into the in the sense of it was more of the creations mm -hmm. of God, and then I got an opportunity to drop down into the Garden of Eden, and that was really beautiful. And seeing the light in the garden. Mm. That was awesome. I got this, not very long, about three and a half minutes. Um, so that was very profound. Here's a great question. Um, circumcision is widely practiced on tender infants. If we come into this world 70% stressed, does cutting the foreskin with no numbing add to the stress in the individual life? In other words, does this initial pain to a strapped down baby affect his him subconsciously for the rest of his life and can you help wow yeah for sure yes it does it does, it does. you know um it does because an infant's nervous system is as fragile as a butterfly's wings and so they have no way of consciously numbing out hmm. where an, an adult human can numb out they can they can grab a cup of coffee they can grab some cigarettes they can they can grab uh some whiskey, they can grab a beer, they can grab a glass of wine, some marijuana, they can grab some pharmaceuticals, and they can numb out from that, but that baby has no way of numbing out. And so the most sensitive part of its body in terms of nerve endings has been attacked without it actually having time to grow into its conscious self. So because its mind is stuck in a precognitive state, that part of the trauma continues to live inside of that person's body. 
And the way that trauma works is it goes from the soft tissues. So we would consider the, the penis to be part of the conception vessel. Yes, sir. And the conception vessel, which is very interesting, is the meridian that feeds all of the other channels in your body. So think you've got the do and the ren, right? The conception, the conception vessel and the governing vessel. And these are feeding energy into your other 12 primary meridians. And now you've just traumatized at the root, right? At the root, you've traumatized that channel. Well, that channel is going to go into massive constriction. And when it does, it actually starts stealing energy from the due meridian, from the brain. So instead of having this highly intelligent, analytical, and emotional being, you have this castrated being. And then what happens is it interferes with the development of the male emotional body. And so women, because they don't go through that process, they have an advanced emotional body. And most women are always struggling in a relationship to how to go, how come my man can't meet me or communicate with me on an emotional level? Will look no further than his circumcision, right? But the problem is his father was circumcised, and his father was circumcised, and his father was circumcised. So the exponential negative impact on the development of the male emotional body because of circumcision at such a young age is catastrophic. Hmm. What kind of okay. what kind of things do you do work with the circumcised guys to deal with this? Well, Montak Chia has a very specific practice called Karsai Nason. Karsai Nason? Kar yeah, Karsai Nason. Hmm. And Karsai, Karsai Nason is sexual detox. Oh. And what they do is they have very specific massages that they do. And initially, they're very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like really uncomfortable. <laughs> and the most discomfort I've ever felt. And after you're done, you feel... Um, intensely relaxed hmm. in a way that you haven't felt before. Really? Yes. And then the other thing you can do is you can take tension out of the iliopsoas because when you traumatize the penis, that stress is going to make its way into the channel of energy and the specific muscles that are connected to the do and the ren channels. And you can remove tension out of your central hamstring and out of your iliopsoas, and that will start to create an intense amount of healing from the trauma that was created from the circumcision. Circums Can you spell that Montak yeah. Chia thing? Can yeah, Karsai Nason, K-A-R. K-A-R. Sai, yeah, S-A-I. S-A-I. Nay, N-E-I, and then Song is T-S-A-N-G. T-S-A-N-G. Karsai Nason. So I'm doing that for, for Lynn, where she could put that in the show notes. Karsai Nason, yeah. Montak Chia. Yeah. Huh. Pretty cool. Yeah, and they have a whole center in Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, where they have these women that are doing that very specific kind of work. Fascinating. And I suggest any man goes for that. Like Just, any one man who wants to develop themselves, you definitely have to go through a sexual detox. In, would you say Thailand, was it? 
Yeah, it's in Chiang, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Chiang Mai, and, Chiang Mai. Yeah. yeah, and the center is called the Dow Gardens, hmm. and it's at the Pakwa Clinic. Pakwa Clinic. Fascinating. So before we go, let's talk about the good stuff, sex. All right, so just kidding. So you <laughs> so, so you study with Montak Chia. My only uh, uh, understanding of him, I have a couple of his books and the whole sexuality uh, idea of libido and multiple orgasms and things. In, in, um, in your experience, and I, I suspect you've studied a lot of this, do you think we're all kind of lined up to be, I don't know, I just get this feeling that maybe we were only, us guys were only supposed to ejaculate when we wanted to have a baby. Do you think that's true? Uh, well, well, there's two. There, there, there's that aspect of it. And um, most humans are using sex to deal with unresolved stress, right? right? Rather than using systems that could de-stress them. And so, in that practice uh, that he creates, the idea is that the Taoists discovered is to save your sexual energy yes, sir. for your development of yourself. And so you have intercourse with your partner, with your, with, with your lover, mm-hmm. yet as a male, you don't ejaculate all the time. Right. Yet I personally think it's good to ejaculate once a month in order to clean out your prostate <laughs> just clean it if you're not cleaning out your prostate well it's interesting because sure. you know yeah. uh women are holders of of um a bacteria fungus and virus and when a man is with a woman and she, and he's entering her body she has a lot of intense fluids in there and those fluids make their way up the male's urethra and they end up in the prostate oh Okay, and that's how men have all these prostate issues because they get too much bacteria, fungus, and virus in there. So at least once a month, you would clean out your prostate through some kind of either self-pleasuring techniques or having intercourse with someone you love. Yeah, Care interesting. About. Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned some exercises from you know Dr. Stephen Chang, the Tao of Sexology. Do you know that one? He's a Taoist. No, I don't no. know him. The deer mm-hmm. exercise, you know, the deer exercise. Mm-mm. You don't know. No. I was just wondering. Yeah, the Taoists teach that idea where you ejaculate, where you can do exercises and you don't have to ejaculate, For sure. and yes. then and yeah, you can still have all the pleasure. Oh as yeah, if it's you like, did. It's like yeah. the way he describes it is rather you know, if ejaculation would be a ten, would you rather be a ten for thirty seconds or an eight, you know, forever? <laughs> Yeah. Right, kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then the lady gets to have all the orgasms that she wants, right? And it's it's yeah. healing for ladies. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very healing. It's the the male penis is designed to be a healing wand. And what that means is if the male uh is with a female partner that's coachable mm-hmm. and teachable, he can have her relax her vagina. And when she relaxes her vagina, it creates a lot of space yes, sir. in and around the penis, which then allows the penis to draw all of the negative energy out of her REN channel. Okay, REN? Her REN, her, her conception vessel. Really? Right? Wow. But when a woman clamps down on the penis, what happens instead is 
excessive amount of 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 friction yes and that friction causes her vagina to turn into what's called a positive pole so the male penis is designed to be a positive pole it's it's an erection okay the woman's vagina is a negative pole okay so you have a positive pole inside of a negative pole when she clamps down too tight it creates excessive amounts of friction and then her vagina gets hot inside and that heat rises up through the channel and later on causes a lot of friction in her nervous system wow and then she and then guarantee you within 24 hours she's going to get really angry and upset about something that doesn't really matter that much <laughs> oh, good <laughs> that's good because of all of that excess friction. even if she has an orgasm she'll still go through the anger even thing? if she has an orgasm wow yeah. Yeah, because now her vagina has become a positive pole, and now she wants to compete with you in the male arena. And you don't want that. You want your, your, your female partner to remain feminine, and you want the male to remain masculine if you're into a heterosexual relationship. Obviously, those energetic dynamics change, and the electromagnetics of those dynamics change too when you get into a homosexual relationship. Sure. On the boy-girl thing then, um, is this Montauk Chia's work, or how did you, where did you learn this, these ideas? I studied with a couple uh, in Lutzenflu, Switzerland, hmm. named Raja and Puja. Hmm. And they ran a course called Sacred Sexuality. Wow. It's pretty interesting about the friction and the relaxing, and it's uh, oh, healthier yes, for course. the ladies. I've never heard that one before. Yes. It's so much healthier. And one, one thing that men don't know, which is very interesting, is that the opening of a woman's heart is through her nipples. Yes. And when you put a lot of attention and love and care into a woman's nipples, and I mean like 15, 20 to 30 minutes, her vagina gets wet like an ocean. And then when he enters in with the positive pole, then there's enough fluid there in order for them to have uh, a really wonderful, um, emotionally charged sexual experience. But when her nipples have not been stimulated, her vagina is not wet enough. And she goes from a, a negative pole into a positive pole. And then it creates friction in the relationship. And it creates a lot of confusion. Yeah. Can only imagine. Boy, I mean, just think about what you've just said the last 10 minutes and compare that with what's out there, you know, in the culture and in Hollywood. Oh, in the yeah. film. I mean, it's just bonkers, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, oh, it, it's bonkers. It's just bonkers. It's, bonkers. <laughs> it's like, whoa. You know, right? Wow such a beautiful sacred thing and and you know and it's not really displayed or taught much anywhere you really'd have to seek it out right like you no like you really you'd you'd have to get lucky yeah you know what i mean like if you weren't a seeker and even if you were a seeker there's only so many people out there that have put in 20 30 40 years into learning something sacred yes sir and they only have so much time and energy to share with so many people Right, like, how do you get close enough to get towards the source? I was fortunate enough where Montauk had a chronic injury, and I was in 
the darkroom at the time, and he kept talking about his chronic injury. So after the darkroom, I approached him and said, look, why don't you let me help you sort that out? You, you really don't have to live with this. It mm. doesn't make any sense to me mm. that you're teaching all these courses and you're sitting here in pain. I mean, for me, that's, in, that's, that's incongruent. So I said, why don't I stay a couple extra days and I'll do some work with you? Hmm. And he said, sure, no problem. And he filmed me. He had a whole crew in there and I worked on him and got him out of that discomfort. And then he used to fly me out to help him out. And I'd fly out there and I'd spend three, four weeks with him, putting him back together and making him feel really, really good. Very interesting. That's a yeah. great uh, kind of story about the teacher and the student, and then the student becomes the teacher, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Just a, yeah, yeah. Like he and I have a lot of mutual respect because he understands that mm -hmm. I'm a very creative person, and that the stuff that I do and the stuff that I say it actually works. It, because it, you know, when you're suffering from discomfort and and back pain and stiffness for twenty, thirty years and someone sorts a lot of that out for you really quickly, then you're very happy. Yeah. Is Montak Chia still, do you, do you, do you uh, recommend his, his work with sexuality? Yeah, yeah, I will be out there this summer. Be out where? Yeah, I will be out in Chiang Mai this summer. Oh, that's for, right, Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there for a month working on myself. Donna wants to know, can your guest, can your guest recommend the best books to learn what he just talked about about the woman and relaxing and all that so that was piqued her interest yes no but what she can do is in my course the eight stepping stones yes sir to inner freedom uh, module seven i go over a lot of that stuff okay yeah so the module seven the eight stepping stones to inner freedom at truebodyintelligence.com i see so so the eight stepping stones, that, that would be something that folks can get at home, correct? Yeah, that would, it's like, if I was being honest with you, it's the most profound energetic healing course on the planet. Like there's nothing like this. The transmutations that I've created will create profound energetic shifts and your life will change. That we could do at home. You do it at home. Uh, like I'm into the home program. Yeah. Almost everything that changed in me, changed in me while I was at home. I did all my stretching there. I made all my juices at home. I created my own dark room at home. I did all my own meditations at home. Like I did everything at home because I believe that God gave us these beautiful, amazing, dynamic bodies to see how far we could take them and, and develop them. Yeah, and the for me the house is the perfect place for me. And uh, th these are video. This is a video course, uh, Christopher. This is this the eight stepping stones to inner freedom. It's an audio course. Audio. It's eight modules, hmm. and each module goes over a different aspect of yourself. And then I give you an education, which is thirty-five minutes to maybe an hour, an hour and a half. And then I give you a 15 to 20 minute transmutation that you walk through that then transmutes the toxic energy that's living in your auric field relative to the 
the form and the type of content that I'm going over. So one of them is called the daily drugs. And so the daily drugs would be the acceptable drugs that we have in modern society and the impact that they have on you. And then I teach you how to walk away from those and I give you transmutations to make that very simple. I see. Um, because in order to be present, you have to be sober. Yeah, you got to be. Yeah, yeah. This, this leads us into a final couple of questions and we'll let you go. Okay. From Peter wants to know, does your guest know of any drug or substance they can use to help advance spiritually? Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm, tricky one. Tricky. That's a good question. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's a good question. One, I'm, um, I educate people to go through what are called endogenous experiences, meaning putting yourself in experiences that allows your brain to create these substances. Yes, sir. Rather than taking substances from the outside that actually damage your brain. Yes, sir. Because you can take ayahuasca or any one of peyote and any one of these other substances, the challenge is that there's a cost. Because if you want to enter the spiritual realm, why I would encourage you to take the slow path, save your brain cells, and do the deeper, more work that takes more, more devotion. It's very easy to hop on a plane spend $2,800, sit down with a shaman for three days. It's very difficult, or it's more difficult to be inside your house and removing massive amounts of trauma, stress, tension, and trauma, and then going to a darkroom experience and going in there for two or three weeks, right? There's a different level of commitment. I'm the type of person that I'm willing to go the long road because it's the one that will keep me more safe and allow me to master myself in the process. Yes. When I can just walk up, take a drug, lay down on the ground, have a spiritual experience, I haven't done the deep inner work required. And so I've stepped into some form of spiritual bypass. And I would suspect then when it's done that way, the most people they want to just do the drug again to get back that that experience yep. they had. Right? Exactly, and that's, that's the big, exactly that's the big what trap. Happens. That's the big trap. That's the big trap. Yeah, you you and I are definitely on the same vibe there. Yeah, that is that is the trap. And also, you know, since I grew up in the '60s and '70s of the the era of wacky tobacco, you know, um, <laughs> you know, as you you know what I mean. It's like I don't know. I mean. Has any? Had, do you know anybody that can that smokes marijuana and doesn't have a thought? Well, you know, as soon as you have a thought, you are not in the spirit, right? You are in the mental world, and you're yeah, just, sure. just going to be there. I mean, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you yeah. know that. Yeah. So it's yeah. to me, it's the biggest trap ever. Drugs, ever. Yes. Yeah. Ever. Um, ever. The question I have for people and and anyone who's who's listening on the call, it's really simple. In order to experience God at the highest level, you have to be present. Yes. 
And when you're taking drugs, you become absent. And the reason why you become absent is because you're destroying neurons in your brain. And marijuana is the world's third strongest neurotoxin, and it destroys cannabinoid receptors. It's literally like lighter fluid to cannabinoid receptors, and those receptors are designed to keep your body, your brain, and your nervous system in a state of calm and peace. Hmm. Hmm. So, okay. cannabinoid, can, how do you say that? Can, cannabinoid receptors. Cannabinoid receptors. Is that yes. the reason why some of the CBD oils can be helpful? Because yes, they, sure. they activate these receptors? Yeah, yeah because yeah, they activate those receptors, right? The challenge is marijuana destroys those receptors. Wow. You mean THC? Okay. THC. Yeah, THC. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, THC. That's more correct. Thank you. So Yeah, THC destroys the receptor. So if 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 you're um choosing to not be sober, you're choosing to be outside of reality, yes. and it means that you're actually living in a fantasy. I can't do fantasy cuz <laughs> fantasy like I could do fantasy when I was 9. When I was 13, but to tell you the truth, I find reality way more attractive than fantasy. Yeah. Well said. And if you want to know yeah. God and communicate with the collective soul that we all could have access to, your nervous system has to be in a state of stillness because the collective mind functions at a state of stillness. And if you're not in stillness, there's no way you're communicating with the collective mind or the collective soul. You're operating and vibrating outside of that, and you're tuning in to an energy or an entity that is a shadow frequency. And it's not God, I can promise you that. <laughs> in the ever-present now, which is this whole attraction Yes. You know, going back to Ram Dass, be here now and the power of now and all that. There's yes. something about the now because that's all there is. That's, yeah, that's all there is. <laughs> and when you're physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually intelligent, yes, you have all each one of those worlds like an arrow facing in. When they merge together, they allow you to live in the now. And when you're in the now, you can see all the synchronistic connections that are happening all around you all the time. So you're always constantly getting confirmation and seeing this tapestry that God created and all of its intricacies. And it's so amazing. Like every day I am blown away. I'm literally blown away yes, every single day. I understand. Now, when I wasn't sober, I wasn't blown away every day. Okay. I was blowing myself apart every day. Okay. <laughs> But now that I've been on the path and I've been doing the work and I've been removing massive amounts of tension and stress, I'm feeling golden all the time. I mean, when I say all the time, I mean all the time. Yes. Sir. Who wouldn't want to feel amazing all the time? Do you, how, how different do you think it is energetically to eat a piece of steak or broccoli? Do you have any... Any uh, uh, for or against there as far as Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, yeah, I mean, I've studied uh, eight Korean body type, mm -hmm. and uh, my ex was primarily a vegetarian. Yes, sir. And um, I shifted into 
she did the cooking. So, so I ate basically what she made and she was mostly in the vegetables. Like for breakfast, I had a salad. Uh And after about three years of that, I started to have major bowel bowel issues. Mm. And I was literally pushing out these tiny green um, marbles. Like gallstones, were they? No, just poop. They, in, in Chinese medicine, they call it liver cheese stagnation. Liver cheese. And I was having green little goat, goat stools. And this went on for years. And I tried every holistic practitioner that I possibly could. I went, finally got a number of this guy in Koreatown in LA. His name was Dr. Yoon. I walked in and I sat down. And he said, oh, you have very big pr- problem. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I just sat down. He hasn't even asked me any questions. He said, you're a lion, you'll eat like cow. And I, thought, and I thought to myself, what the hell is he talking about? He said, you're a lion, you'll eat like cow. And I thought, oh, I'm a meat eater. Oh. He said, you eat meat three times a day, your poop will be soft like ice cream. <laughs> Don't you I love said, those guys poo-poo. when you meet them? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. it. Like he was, he was so to the point. Like he didn't need, yeah. he didn't even investigate me. That's and he said, and uh, he had me lay on on this table. And I laid on the table, and he put his his right hand around my left wrist, and he nodded and made some grunts. And he went to the other side, and he did the same thing. And he came back to this side. He said, "Oh, 1994, you have very big." hemorrhoid and i said to myself i've never had a hemorrhoid and then i remembered oh my god he's right Right. i had a hemorrhoid in 1994 and one of my best friends in the seal teams at the time was this guy named charlie (laughs) and charlie and i like to play basketball and um and charlie was always eating salad so i was like he was an older guy in the seal teams and i thought he was very fit very healthy i said okay I'm going to learn from this, this older guy. And I was eating salads all the time. Sure enough, guess what? I got a big hemorrhoid. And he said to me, I can't eat like that because I'm what's called the cholecystonia. And what it means is that my gallbladder is very large and it needs animal fat in order to work properly. And as soon as I had that piece of steak, my bowel movements returned to normal within one day. Wow. And I never went back. What a great story. And literally, hmm. if I were to go down and eat a salad tonight, I would wake up tomorrow morning and I would have a hard stool that would be painful. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So I did all the healthy things you could possibly do. I did the kale. I did vegetarianism. I, I, I did all of it. I did only eating fish and vegetables for a while. I fasted for a long time. And to be honest with you, the only thing that's ever worked in my body to keep me strong and vibrant and energetic. And I always base the state of my health on my bowel movements. Yeah. that's And they're absolutely perfect all the time. That's a real, so it's mostly for you, eat some meat and vegetables and a little yep. rice yep. or meat, something. Literally meat, vegetables, and rice. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fruit. I do some figs and um, I'll do a little bit of watermelon in the summertime. I don't really do too much citrus mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of fruit in the morning is my first meal. And then I'll have something normal like eggs and, 
you know, I, I, I live in Los Angeles, so there's, there's lots of Mexican food and <laughs> I like, like a chicken quesadilla for breakfast. Um, and then later on in the day, it's meat, vegetables and rice. I laughed that because I can remember my upcoming of the seventies during the Ram Dass era. I remember all of that. And we were all carrying around his books and Alan Watts and Krishnamurti, we were reading, you know, whatever we get our hands on to figure out what mm -hmm. the hell's going on. If you would have said, boy, eating, eating meat is, is spiritual, boy, we would have told you it wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Remember those <laughs> days? No, no, yes. no, 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 no. You got to eat rice and vegetables. Yeah, well, we all go yeah. through it. Well, you're just such a joy to talk to. I really appreciate your, oh, thank you. your state of consciousness. Uh, I, I, really. Just, yeah, the same thing for me, man. Yes. You are on the vibe. And I'm so happy that I'm speaking with someone that understands that y it's impossible to be present if you're not sober. It takes a little work to get sober. But once, once you are, you're living in reality. And in reality, you can make really good decisions about your consciousness. And sober, your definition would be what? Sober. My definition would be I don't use any stimulants mm -hmm. and I don't use any downers. So I don't do white or brown sugar. Um, I stay away from caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, pharmaceutical, and all recreational drugs. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Oh. Green tea at all? No. No, no, that's nope. that's got some yeah. caffeine and you don't like. Yeah, it's got cat. I don't like anything that stimulates me. Yes. I like to be even keel. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, yeah, it's an it's, honor. If boy, I'd love to love you meet you sometime. If you ever get in the United States, I, I'll, I'll follow you on your website. Oh, Maybe yeah. I could find you. I will be back yeah. on the 20. I head back to work with Penn State on the 24th. I'll be up there doing some work. Um, and then I get back to Los Angeles on the 28th. And I come down and I see a friend of mine named Shirley Reisner, who's a fabulous, amazing healer in San Antonio. Oh. And I'll be down there to see her in March. See, I'm only like 50 miles from San Antonio. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I mean. So it would be great to catch up and I'd love to introduce you to her. Oh. Dude, she's a rock star. When I talk about like an amazing healer, she is the bomb. I will do that. And I think, I guess I have your email, do I? And I could work it out? Yeah, my email is whitehorsemccoy at gmail.com. That's a great email. What is yeah, that yeah. about? And, and <laughs> what's that about is, you know, my favorite animal is the white horse. Yeah. And I just love the power of horses. Yeah, me too. And, 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 um, and McCoy is the real deal, right? White House McCoy. Uh, horse no, McCoy, horse. McCoy, yeah, at gmail dot com, and then you're going to be in San Antonio on March. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to connect with yeah. you. I'll come down. Yeah, yeah. Well, let let let's, let's do it. Connect. Can I give you my phone number and then you send me a text? Um, I, you can. You don't want to give it over the air, though, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Uh -uh. Right, let's no. let's hang on a second. Okay. I'll, we'll sign off and we'll do that. That'd be okay. great. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I have a. I have a golden retriever that was with me for years and she left her body about three or four years ago and mm. she keeps telling me in the dream state that she wants to come back as a white horse. Yeah. A, a pony, a white pony. So she wants to come back. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, that's great. I know. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to... And you're in Texas. So the chances that she could land in Texas are, are very high. Very high. Very high. <laughs> 
Well, it's an honor, sir. May the blessings be to you. You take care of yourself. Hang on, and I'll get your number, okay? I'll just close okay. out the show. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Wow, is he? Wow, what a cool guy, man. You know, it's funny because you, you we, we, we found him through a, a pub, you know, publicity lady that I know, and she just presents good people. And I re- was reading his things. I said, man, this guy sounds great. And he was. So that's exciting. Boy, I'd love to get some work done with him in San Antonio in March. Okay, so I love you all very much. Thank you. You're doing great. Remember, whatever's going on out there in the Matrix, that this is just a dream, and we're, we're going to be fine, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be fine. It's just a dream, you know. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, Jason uh, Christoph will be with us, and uh, then Fred Dashevsky with The Real World of Money. And then we're going to talk with a fellow who's been doing some research into this whole Russian... Uh, Ukraine thing and what this is all about and I think you're going to find them interesting and that's on Wednesday so you know we'll play around and see if we can figure out uh, uh, in the truth of whatever the truth is so I love you thank you for your ongoing support and I will see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock central time may the blessings be take care Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.